everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. Well, I got canceled. I really did. You know, our media team had me shoot some ads, and I put these ads on Facebook, and I want to show you one of these ads. Everywhere we turn, we're, we're getting hit by the wave of wokeism, racism, our sexuality, the educational system, our government, even our churches. We're afraid to talk about what it means to be woke. We're going to take a deep dive into wokeism and discover it is an ideology that is satanic. It is dangerous. The series is called Woke or awake. It's the most important teaching I've ever done in the history of fellowship. I'll see you for this series. All right, that's, that's all we did. And Mark Zuckerberg and his friends wrote us this. This ad doesn't comply with our advertising policies. Interesting, isn't it? We live in a world of woke. What does it mean to be woke? We've been talking about that and we're gonna continue to talk about that for the next several weeks. Next week we'll talk about it. The week after that, it's gonna get really fun because we're gonna discuss how to tell your kids about it. What do I do when my child is being exposed to this wokish mentality? How do we process that? So this series is gonna take some interesting twists and turns. As I kicked this series off, I talked about the ubiquitous soft serve ice cream machine. Most of us have been to those steakhouses and that soft serve ice cream machine is right by the salad bar of all places. The drill is you eat the protein, the thick steak, and then after that, you reward yourself with some soft serve ice cream. And ice cream is my favorite dessert. I mean, I love ice cream. You scream, ice cream. We all scream for ice cream. I don't know the rest, but I like it. It's kind of runny. It's not that good, is it? Well, it'll work. I love soft serve ice cream. All you have to do is put vanilla, cream, something in there, sugar, <laughs> and here's what comes out, ice cream. Soft serve ice cream. If the truth were known, a lot of us are serving soft serve ice cream. In fact, I would say a lot of churches in our land are serving soft serve ice cream. It's one of the tentacles, you could say, of wokeism. Wokeism is very, very difficult to understand because as you look, I believe the evil one is behind it and, and he's very, very difficult to pinpoint. It's like nailing ice cream to the wall. Today though, I want to, to, to talk to you about soft serve ice cream, specifically wokeism in the church. Now, now, some of these things I'm gonna talk about are very subtle, and I want you to think about them, because remember, I want you to think how you think. We all have a worldview. The only worldview that's worth anything is the worldview 
of Jesus. It's God's worldview. God wants us to have, God wants us to have a God-centric worldview. When we do that, that's when we will discover what life is all about, this life and in eternity. So let's just start out and, and hopefully you have the message map. Do you have the message map? Everyone wave the message map to me. Yeah, okay, okay. I see you at all of our different campuses too. What is wokeology? I'm gonna fly through this. Wokeology, one of the things about wokeology is I am central, that's what it says, I am central and I am the source of truth. That's the vibe, that's the underpinning, that's the sort of covert message, sometimes overt message about wokeology. It's about me, I'm the God of my universe and I'm sovereignly ruling over this universe called me. Now, of course, we'll say, oh yeah, it's about God and I love God and I've got a ticket to heaven. I'm saved by grace. We say that, yet how do we behave? I was in San Antonio Thursday and I spoke to almost 100 leaders about this very topic. They were asking me about wokeism and specifically wokeism in the church. And I began to talk to them about why many of the voices out there are not even touching the subject. I'm talking about pastors. I'm talking about leaders. I'm talking about authors. The reason is basically, we're afraid. I mean, seriously, it's, it's not popular to talk about wokeism. I challenge these leaders to do a deep dive and study it and process it and talk about it and explain it. But they were like, mm, you kind of feel the tension in the room. Ed, you mean you're, you're talking about wokeism? I said, yes. Think about Jesus. Many people didn't dig what Jesus had to say. Read how many times Jesus would throw out a hard teaching and read about how many accounts where people would turn and walk off. He was not always the most popular person. He was not always trending. He was not getting all the clicks and the likes. If you follow Jesus and follow his ministry, he had a lot of people unfollowing him, literally. I believe in our culture today, a lot of leaders are scared to talk about it because we wanna be liked. As I've told you, I'm, I'm insecure, I wanna be liked, I want everyone to like me, and I think you're the same way. Whenever you speak truth, truth is offensive. Certain groups of people aren't gonna dig it. That's okay. It's like I told you last time, when I told our grandson, Thunder, Thunder, no. Just like that, he said, you're not being nice. I think collectively our culture thinks that. Pastors think that. So we're insecure, we're afraid, we're afraid of people leaving the church, we're afraid of hate on social media. Yet, I say, we've got to say what the Bible says. And I say, there are too many churches out there just serving soft serve ice cream. Sometimes we serve soft serve ice cream. Dessert is great, I like dessert. Can you imagine though, if you lived on this 
you wouldn't live very long, you'd die. And too many of us in our Western mentality, we're, we're living off soft serve ice cream and we've forgotten the protein. We've forgotten the vegetables. We've forgotten the other side of the whole situation. God is a God of perfect balance. But when it comes to wokeism, here's what the wokers say. Number one, wokers, see the word they, they meaning wokers, or you could say the progressive church, underscores the love of God over the holiness of God. Think about that for a second. So many, many churches overly emphasize the love of God. God is love. God loves you. You matter to God. God is love. God loves you. You matter to God. If you realize how much you were loved, you're loved by God. You're loved by God. You're loved by God. Everything I said is true. That's a fact. We're loved by the God of the universe. But, God, that's a good place to clap. Yes, sir, we're loved by the God of the universe and we don't deserve to be loved. I don't deserve God's love, nor do you. But here's what we have to understand. The Bible, when describing God, says God is a God of holiness more than it says God is a God of love. Obviously, God is perfectly balanced. Sometimes when I preach about the holiness of God, the glory of God, the justice of God, I've heard people say this, well, Ed, my God is a God of love. It's almost like in our Western culture, we like to take the love of God and separate that from the holiness of God and the justice of God and the glory of God, and we just go, okay, my God is a God of love. He is. Yet, God's love emerges out of holiness. His holiness, his purity. So it's a holy love, it's a righteous love. It's, it, it's a love that we can't even really comprehend in our humanness. That's how much God loves us, yet it flows from his holiness. The Bible talks about holiness a lot. It says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be, say it with me, holy. To be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. The holiness of God distinguishes God as God. We have to talk about that. And when you talk about holiness, holiness in our lifestyle, holiness in our relationships, holiness in our language, it's not always the most popular subject. Love though, I mean, let's just concentrate on love, 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 and more love. Yes, it's that balance. Am I saying we do it perfectly here? No, but I am saying many churches across our land are out of balance because love is much more popular to talk about than holiness. Also, here's something else, another characteristic, number two. They, the progressive church, the woke church, 
offer an offensive, free environment. I don't wanna, I don't wanna offend anybody. I don't wanna step on anyone's toes. I don't wanna tell thunder no. For the time will come, 2 Timothy says, when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say, whoa, what their itching ears want to hear. At Fellowship, we've said this for 32 years, we wanna be comfortably uncomfortable. We're comforted by Christ, listen to me, yet we're uncomfortable for him. We should be comforted every time we come to church. There should be some comfort. Also, there should be some uncomfortableness as well. It, it, it's a little bit like, man, I, I feel convicted. I know I'm convicted. That's something, God, you've revealed that is a, a weakness, a sin, an issue in my life, and it must, it must be dealt with. I'm that way. As I've told you a squillion times, in 2017, I had open heart surgery. I didn't have a heart attack, I didn't have blocked arteries. I had a little valve, a mitral valve that I was born with, a mitral valve prolapse. The doctors told me my whole life, oh, you'll never have to have surgery, but let's just watch it. I walked into a doctor's office and he said, Ed, you've gotta have surgery. If you don't, well, you're gonna die. You got about six months. Well, of course, <laughs> I said, thank you, doctor, for being honest with me. And as quick as possible, I set up the surgery. And our surgery, some of you will have it one day. It's very interesting surgery. You can take it. I've had more painful things than heart surgery. But it is weird though. I sometimes think about it. I'm like, my chest was cracked open and a surgeon touched my heart. And I was on this breathing apparatus and this blood apparatus and they actually stopped my heart to work on it and all of the math and the physics involved and this phenomenal surgeon, Dr. Gerald Laurie, I love Dr. Laurie, <laughs> performed the surgery and, and now I have, I have zero limitations. In fact, I feel better on this side of heart surgery than on the other. But again, it's not fun, it's, it's, really, it's really not. I'd be lying to you if I said, oh yeah, sign up for heart surgery. What if Dr. Laurie had gone, <laughs> you know, I just, I don't wanna offend Ed. I wanna tell him the truth in love. Ed, you're in really good shape. Because I was, I was working out even with the trainer back then. I was pretty much asymptomatic. You know, you, you don't have too much body fat, you know, you, you can run okay. I mean, your vertical jump isn't what it used to be, but Ed, you're doing well. You have a thick head of hair. I said, well, I bought that <laughs> because I had hair transplants, a little joke, little joke, little joke. But what if he had told me that? 
I, I definitely, as a speaker, I can tell you right now just the good things, just the positive things, just the things that will encourage you. I've got to do that as a pastor. But let me say again, I also have to speak the truth in love. I've got to say thunder. No. Don't judge me. Have you ever heard that? I think I've said that. <laughs> and we take Matthew chapter seven, Jesus' words out of context. I hope you know, don't judge me the way we use it is totally incorrect. What Jesus was driving at is, he said, don't say don't judge me if you're not willing to be judged yourself. That's, that's what it means. Nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the Bible does it tell us not to call out sin. It doesn't say we've gotta be perfect to call out sin. But a lot of churches kind of give us that vibe, you know, I'm not, people already know how bad they are or they're in depravity. No, not, not necessarily. God calls out sin, Jesus called out sin. The apostle Paul, called out sin, and then we're encouraged to call out sin. How about Matthew 18? Someone sins against you, go, and you, you've gotta point the sin out and, and, and deal with it. Sometimes people will tell me this, they'll go, Ed, you know, I don't really wanna tell you this because I'm sure it would like freak you out. I'll go, no, because sin is my business. It's not gonna freak me out. We're sinners, right? We're sinners. We are fallen. We don't deserve anything. I mean, God does not need you or me. I hope you know that. But let me say that again, because in our progressive church culture, it's kind of like, oh yeah, God needs you. What? He's perfectly satisfied with the perfect community in the Trinity, the oneness, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He doesn't need you or me, he doesn't. It's because of his love and grace and compassion and mercy. Some of these churches will talk about grace, 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 and we have a great song, Grace on Top of Grace. We are saved by grace through faith, grace is unmerited favor. And some people will say this, you know, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. That's true. Some of us though will take that and go, all right, Jesus, I'm gonna drive. You strap yourself in the back seat. We're going for a wild ride. I mean, it's by grace. And Jesus in the back seat's probably freaking out. Grace should empower you and me to live a holy lifestyle. Mercy covers us, grace empowers us. Let's go to number three. Number three, they streamline heaven and air condition hell. Dr. Roy Fish, one of my seminary professors, said that. What a great man of God. When he said that in our evangelism class, it just hit me in the solar plexus. Heaven is real, it's a real place. And after Lee Best's tragic death, I see heaven like I've never seen heaven before. No doubt. 
I also know that because there's a heaven, there's a hell, and just through my studies, Jesus talked more about hell than heaven. We're afraid to talk about hell. I don't like to talk about hell. If you think I enjoy, oh boy, I am gonna tell people that some are going to hell. That, that's, not, that's not fun. Jesus talked about it, so I have to talk about it. Why do we do what we do? People have asked me that for years. I return that question with another question. Is there a hell? Is there a hell? I mean, why at Alasso Ranch? Why, years ago, did you and Fellowship Church develop a retreat center for kids? We still haven't paid for it all. Why did you guys go in debt to do that? <laughs> Is there a hell? Why the multi-sites? Is there a hell? Why the ads on Facebook? Is there a hell? Is there a hell? Is there a hell? Yet we've air conditioned it. And the Bible says, look at the last part of Matthew chapter 13. Hell will be a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's an eternal place of regret. It's doing anything and everything you've always wanted to do alone. But studies show a greater number of people believe in heaven than hell. <laughs> that, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? But we don't serve a guard gate God, as I always say. I drove an old Cherokee chief one time, and I had some friends that lived in this uh, amazing neighborhood, guard gate, mansions, etc. And for some reason, the guard the guard gate, I guess, liked me a lot. I would just drive up in this old. Cherokee Chief, where they're used to Aston Martins and Rolls Royces and Bentleys, you know? And I would just drive and he would smile and nod and wave me on through. I'm thinking, oh, great security. But I think in our Western mentality, in our woke mentality, we say, you know, everybody gets in. No, Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, I did this and did that. He'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. Number four, we have to spur the horse to the barn now. They promote the meistic mentality that you're the star of the story. Okay, check this out very, very carefully. You're the star of the story, a meistic mentality. When they talk about David and Goliath, they say, you are David. And the Goliath is whatever you're facing, you're gonna win. You're the head, not the tail. The best is yet to be. Well, maybe that story is about the glory of God. Maybe that story is because David humbled himself before the mighty hand of God, that's why the victory occurred. Do, 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 do you see that? We easily think, oh, it's about me. It's about me. Number five. I gotta move now. They concentrate on your potential. Listen to me now, listen, listen. Over your depravity. Potential, 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 potential. Man, your destiny, that's another big word. Your destiny 
if you saw your destiny, your potential. And I can fire up a lot of people talking about that. Potential means you've never done it yet. The only reason I can talk about your potential or mine, the only reason I can say that, and I say that, is because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's because the Holy Spirit is inside your life. That is the only reason why we have potential. Let me say it again. God doesn't need us, but he loves us. And we do have great potential according to his program. And what I think my destiny is, and what God thinks, usually there's some differences of opinion. Have you, have, you, have, you, have you noticed that? So it's like a lot of us go, okay, God, hey, I'm on this ride. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. And then you go ahead and kind of just bless me. I'll, I'll act like this, I'll act like that, but just go ahead and bless me, bless me, bless me. Well, the Bible says in Romans chapter three, verse 10, no one is righteous, not one. We don't talk about our depravity. What's our depravity? Our fallenness. What's our depravity? Sin. We stay away from the S word. Oh, I made a mistake. My bad. It was a miscommunication, a misjudgment. Call it what it is. It is what it is, right? Sin. The word hamartia, it's missing the mark. It's a archery term. There's the target we miss. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Yet we've been rescued by the grace and the mercy and the love and the holiness of God. Man, that, that's goodness. So you gotta have a balance. I mean, soft serve ice cream? I mean, yeah, we need to serve some soft serve. Don't get me wrong. I love dessert, but we can't have dessert. Just dessert and more dessert and dessert. Number six, they, you know what I'm talking about there, preach deliverance over perseverance. Quick fix. You can get ripped by working out five minutes a week. No, no, no. You can be delivered from that, just pray a little prayer or have someone pray over you. <gasps> I don't struggle with that anymore. Years ago, a guy told me this, hand lifted up. Ed, the demon of lust was cast out of me. I was delivered from the demon of lust. Hmm. Sounded good. The demon of lust. So I guess you don't struggle with lust anymore. Well, I watched this guy, and obviously he still lusted. It sounds so good though, doesn't it? I mean, the only way that you can be totally delivered from lust is if you died guys. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. I was delivered. And then that sounds good. Like I can just pray a prayer and boom, quick fix. I'm cool. Does God deliver? Deliverance is in the Bible. Yes, God delivers. Can God deliver someone from lust, from lust really having a hold on their life? 
pornography and all of that? Yes, there's that moment, no doubt, of whoa, God and God visits us and through prayer or, 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 or through just a, just a turning and a moment. Yes, you can call that deliverance, but perseverance is really where, where the Bible rests. There's deliverance. God delivered his children from Israel, but they had to also walk in obedience. I mean, they were delivered, but they had to do the stuff. And yeah, we, we can be delivered. There's that moment where, okay, I'm gonna really be the kind of husband that God wants me to be. That moment in time, I'm delivered. But then, day by day, I'm in relationship with Lisa, and I have got to do what connects me to her. I've got to understand her and connect the way she wants me to connect. I don't have a relationship with God where I go, God, I'm gonna connect with you the way I wanna connect. I mean, you know, it's about me. No, I'm in a relationship with God, right? I have got to do in this relationship after I'm saved what God desires. And I've gotta trust him that it's the best way out there. Does that make sense? It does to me. Yeah, I believe in healing. I believe in deliverance. I, I do. Yet after that turning, after that nirvana, after that awakening, it's that day by day growth. And, and those are the hard yards. Yet that's what, that's what our God desires. I, you know, I think about Lee Best passing. Uh, are we gonna have some kind of breakthrough? Are we gonna be delivered from grief? It's not gonna happen. We're gonna grieve for the rest of our lives. I know a family in our church, in fact, Debbie and Tracy Barnes, they had two children to die with Deshane's muscular dystrophy. Are they gonna be delivered from that pain? Not here. So I'm, I'm afraid we, we so concentrate on that that we forget about the perseverance. It's like Deion Sanders says, we well, said, you like baseball or football best? He said, both. <laughs> I know Deion, I have his number in my cell phone. Hashtag humbled. Both. <laughs> because we both went to Florida State. He was all American, I was all bench. We've got to talk, that was good. We've got to talk about both. They believe how you feel becomes the facts. You know, God just wants me to be happy. Have you ever found that verse in the Bible? <laughs> we have moments of happiness. We're content, we're joyful. The Christian life is the only life to live. I'm not trying to give you some kind of a doggy downer. No, 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 no. I'm just telling you that, that feelings are from God. God has emotions too. Yet, 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 we can't put our emotion over truth. And sometimes people run into church, well, I didn't feel it. I didn't cry. I didn't, I didn't raise my hands a certain way. Well, I'm gonna go find this or look over there. And if I feel it all the time, that means it's real. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that whatsoever. You've gotta have both. 
Emotions, truth. Grace, truth. Hope this helped. It helped me to go through it. You see where soft serve ice cream will get you. I mean, is, is that gross? I mean, it is. God is a God of ice cream, don't get me wrong. But we gotta have ice cream and that thick steak of protein. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for this message. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. And as I pray every time, if you're here and you've never, ever, ever asked Christ to come into your life, you can say this prayer with me. You can say, Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. And that's not easy to do. I turn from my sins. That's not easy to do. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. I mean, you can just say that. I turn from my sins and ask you, Jesus, to come into my life. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. And right now, I ask you to take control of me. If you prayed that prayer, you might, you might be crying right now. You might be emotional. If you prayed that prayer, you might not feel anything. But I'm here to tell you, if you prayed it, Christ has infiltrated your life. And we would love for you to become a part of this church and discover who you are before the Lord. God, we give this time to you. And we give this service of worship to you. And I pray that as we continue to understand that beautiful balance in scripture, that we continue to become your church for this generation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.